I've got news for you. People do not read descriptions until they're ready to book your property. Right. You've got to show them how close you are to everything. But guess what people do do before they book a property? They look at the they photos. They look at photos. Yeah. They're scrolling through the photos and yeah. they're scrolling through them really quick. And you've got to keep their attention with a really good listing of your property. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Revolution Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Moore, and I'm here with my main man, Dave Savolich, for another segment of Whiskey Wednesday. And these are those episodes where we talk about a couple things going on in our world, some light topics to get warmed up. Then we talk about some trending topics in the short-term rental world, hopefully what you're actually here for, and then some questions to get answered that you guys send in. We're really excited about the amount of questions we're getting sent in, so guys, keep doing that. When you're listening, whatever platform you're on, you can figure out how to DM us, contact us, send those questions in, and we will answer them on an upcoming segment of Whiskey Wednesday. So Dave, let's dive in, man. Let's go, yeah. You got, you got like a game show. Yeah, I, I heard because I'm the producer of this yeah, show. Yeah, you're um, the producer. I have a couple questions, kind of a fun little thing. So we're going to get to know you a little bit better. Um, this is, this careful, is a careful little bit light, a little bit light, but yeah. it's called, uh, which would you choose? Okay, so I'm going to ask you four questions. Okay. You got to tell us which one you choose. All right, first one. Drive through the desert with no air conditioning and all the windows rolled up. Okay. Okay. Or drive a convertible top down through a heavy snowstorm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with B. You go with B. I can't. I knew I you. I knew hot. you. You I hate run, being hot, uh, so you'd rather be in a convertible, yeah. snow coming down, freezing. I just, run. I run hot, and yeah, so I'm always you can put some coats on. Yeah. All right. I, I, I like can, that. I can. I can bundle up. Okay. Next question. You're trapped in a room full of snakes, or you're trapped in a room full of spiders. Yeah. <laughs> Which one? I don't like either of those. <laughs> I'll take I'll take the snakes. I don't like spiders. Oh, that's yeah. yeah. I, I think I could take a snake over a spider. I know the spiders just yeah. be everywhere yeah. getting on you. At least you know. At least you can see what's snake, going at least on, you, right? You get bit and they're done with you. <laughs> the spider man, he's like crawling everywhere. I'm not. I'm not messing All right. with a spider. So you're gonna do snakes. All right. Okay. Uh, next question. And this one, I kind of laughed last night as I was listening to this one because I thought, okay, always wear shoes one size too small, or always wear clothes three sizes too big. <laughs> oh my hell. I would so you go, gotta walk around in cowboy boots that are at one full size too small. Too big. I mean, yeah, I can't or, do too small Or, shoes. I mean, you're, we're yeah. talking baggy, bro. That's three sizes bigger than that. Hey, that used to be in style, dude. I have <laughs> some did. pictures. I have some it pictures did. back in the 90s. It that did. was in style, so hey, I can go back to that. Your, your basketball never shorts too small shoes. at Weber State yeah. practically were yeah. below your knee. Oh yeah, remember the fact Five man, and, uh, exactly. no, it was Arkansas. Remember, Arkansas exactly. came out and, yes. when those guys came out, and their yeah. their, their shorts were yeah. past their knee. Yeah. All right, so I've so done that before. You can't. I can't yeah, I can't you don't want to have a no. too small shoe. No, too small shoe. All right, still yeah. comfortable. All right, okay. Last question: The only food you are allowed to eat will be picked by a three-year-old, or oh. the only films and TV shows you are allowed to watch will be picked by a very strict nun. <laughs> <laughs> So you're I'm eat. real particular about my food, so I'm going letting the nun choose what I'm watching. All right, so uh, that will probably do me some good anyway. All so, wholesome, so really exactly. Good I'm gonna, I'm gonna be. Videos. I, I think that it's good for like personal development and growth yeah. and like just be yes. a better person. Be a Let better the nun person. choose what, what I'm watching. Yep, I like but that. But I'm choosing what I'm eating. Good job. Okay, deal. All right, let's jump in. I don't in. think the three-year-old's gonna pull out my buffalo trace. <laughs> no, no, that'd be off the, that'd be off yeah, the, so no, the no. list. Uh, no, right. not either, but that, okay. that wasn't an option for her. All right, so let's talk about a trending topic. Okay. Uh, one thing that I've seen in the news lately and uh, actually kind of experienced it is I have been looking for a hotel or somewhere when I'm traveling is 
the hospitality market itself, meaning Marriott Hotels, Hilton, Hyatt, those guys, they're getting into the short-term rental game. Yeah. They offer uh, short-term rental, homes for rent, yeah. vacation places, which I think is interesting, but also that's a huge positive for the short-term rental market. Yeah. I mean, they understand the importance of short-term rental, that it's not going away, and, and they're getting in the game. And this has been something that's been, they've been trying to get in the game for the last two or three years. Originally, when Marriott Homes and Villas came into the game, they mm -hmm. were trying to buy properties. They're not set up to own the properties, right? They found out that that was kind of an epic fail. They lost a lot of money buying these properties, trying to do it. So now what they've done, and which I think is really smart, is a lot of these big hotel chains, Hilton, Marriott, and you'll still see, you'll see a lot more of them coming out. They're becoming marketplaces like Airbnb. And right. what, what's right. really interesting and, and fun about this as a property owner is you can apply to get your property as part, we've got, I've got a couple properties of Marriott Homes. But what it is, is Marriott allows you to use your loyalty program. Hilton allows you to use your right. loyalty points to book to go stay those properties. Yeah. I still get paid, but now I'm I'm tapping into that network and they're and they're ultimately, you know, it's another marketplace. Yeah, yeah. Now it's growing. It's kind of in its, I wouldn't say infant stages. They've been doing it for a couple of years and they're kind of, they've been working out the kinks, especially Marriott Homes and Villas. They've been doing it the longest and they're getting some traction on the model of being a marketplace and allowing us as homeowners and, to get and to now, be a part of that. Now they have some specific items that in checklist items, you know, you got to make sure the T's are crossed, the I's are dotted, the property fits their, right. you know, their, yeah. their quality standards and they have to, have to be professionally managed and everything else. I mean, everything has to be top right. notch because when you're doing that now, they're realizing, hey, short-term rentals are here to stay. Yeah. It's a preferred accommodation. That's the thing that I really like yeah. is it's they're here to stay. This market's here. Yeah. Everybody wants a piece of it and they want to get involved in yeah. it. So. And, and, and here's the interesting thing that originally when this conversation, when, when short-term rentals really started taking off, 18, 19, they started to see this, this big trajectory and hotels were starting to notice back then. That's when Marriott Homes and Villas was saying, right. hey, I think we should start building out and not ignore the short-term rental market. And then COVID hit and they just skyrocketed. The, the short-term rentals have now become a mainstream asset class. Short-term rentals are never going to put, replace hotels and hotels are never going to replace short-term rentals. They're completely different. It's hospitality. They serve different purposes. Right. There are times when people will want, a hotel makes more sense. And there are times when a short-term rental yeah, makes more yes. sense. And so what these, these big hospitality companies are looking at and saying, holy crap, we're in the hospitality game. We understand hospitality better than most mom and pop operators mm -hmm. in their mind, right? Yeah. Frankly, they, they, they do. They probably do. They do, yeah. right? And so, um, because most, most, I mean, if we're still honest with ourselves, the short-term rental market is still very much the time of the professional host, but it doesn't mean that the professional host is, is out there in droves, right? right? And right. so the big players in hospitality realize there's a big opportunity here mm -hmm. because these guys don't really understand it. Yeah, they yeah. don't really understand hospitality. Right. They're still trying to sell houses. They're yeah. still trying to sell like they do on Zillow. They don't understand that their product is the experience. Hotels have understand that, stood that for a long, for a time. long time. Their experience is very sometimes sterile, but it's very predictable. Mm -hmm. And it's very professional in certain in certain aspects of it, for sure. There's, yeah. I mean, yeah. they know hospitality, right. Right? right? Now they're saying, okay, we need to get into this game. It doesn't work at scale for us to go buy all these properties just because of the way operationally and logistics and everything else, it doesn't work. And so they started to say, okay, we're gonna be these marketplaces for really good operators and we're gonna allow really good operators. Now there's enough really good professional operators that we feel like we can start to build this portfolio of vacation rental homes and they've done so and they're gonna continue to do so, allow their customers in their loyalty points programs and everything else to be able to use their points mm -hmm. to book our properties 
properties. Right. We still get paid. And it's a really exciting time because yeah. it shows that we're maturing as an yeah. asset class, yeah. right? Yeah. The amount of money, the VC money going into software tools and investments into this game to bring enterprise level operating solutions to the game, they're only investing in it because now the market's there for it, right? right? And with all the big major hospitality brands, they're realizing the same thing. Hey, listen, this isn't going away. Let's do what we do really well. Let's tap into the really good operators and merge that. We all make yep. some money yep. and we're going to continue to push the, the short-term rental popularity and game forward. And again, they, they started to realize they're not, they're never, we're never, short-term rentals aren't going to replace right. hotels and vice versa. Yeah. It's not, they're not competing each other. They're, they're just not. It's getting involved and exactly. being a part of it. Absolutely. Exactly. It's yep. a, it's a product. Uh, they're offering a product that their hotels don't serve a need for and they can put their stamp of approval right. on a really great experience and allow their customers now those other options because I'm part of loyalty programs. You mm. are as well as, and a lot of people are. We start to build these points and these loyalty programs right. up and all of a sudden we're like, okay, this is awesome. I can tap into here yeah. and I've got more options. Right. And I they use my points for a, for a house instead yeah. of a hotel sometimes. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So Good. it is exciting. Let's get a couple questions here. First is, where do you suggest placing local attraction photos in your listing? So we always support and promote, hey, make sure that you have some local uh, attraction photos within your listing and within your photos because, hey, if I'm not familiar with the area, yeah. I want to know where the local pizza joint is or where an amusement park is or a great restaurant or parks and recreation, shopping, things like that. Where do you place those within your, yeah, your list? It's a great question. And do, should you place them? Right? Yeah. The biggest question too, like there's so few listings that actually do right. this. I mean, if you're listening to this, then it's something that you could do today. Like like this afternoon, Easy. you could have that done on your listing and you will set yourself apart immediately. Right. One, the biggest mistake that we make as hosts is we think that when somebody is coming to our area that they know everything right. about the area. Right. And we think, well, they're coming here, so they're coming here for a reason. They must know the right. area. They don't, yeah. I'm telling you, they don't. And then we think, well, in case they don't, I'm gonna tell them in my description that I'm right. two miles away from the beach, yeah. or I'm three miles away from mm -hmm. the amusement park, I'm this far away from you know wherever else, the, the yeah. pools or whatever they're coming to do, the golf courses, the hiking, yeah. the national parks, all these profit drivers, all these things that they're doing, the restaurants, like you mentioned, yeah. shopping. Right. Those are big deals when you're on vacation, when you're coming in somewhere to know where that stuff is. And so we think, well, I'm just gonna put it in the description. I've got news for you. People do not read descriptions until they're ready to book your property. Right. You've got to show them how close you are to everything. But guess what people do do before they book a property? They look at the they photos. They look at photos. Yeah. They're scrolling through the photos and yeah. they're scrolling through them really quick. And you've got to keep their attention with a really good listing of your property. And so it depends. 90% of the time, I suggest at the end of the of the listing. Okay. You're gonna show the property, you're gonna show the experience in your property, you're gonna bring that, then then you're gonna bring that experience outside the property and show the local attractions. I'm gonna show the, my favorite restaurants, I'm gonna show my, the bars, I'm gonna show the, the hiking, the hikes that I like to go to, I'm gonna show the national park entrance, and I'm gonna put on the photo, when they're looking at the photo, I'm not just showing right. the national park photo, or I'm not just showing the restaurant, I'm showing the restaurant and it says right on the photo, we go into Canva, it's super easy to do, we're going to say three minutes, three minutes away, or I show the beach and I say one minute walk, right. you know, whatever the proximity is to those things, I'm going to show them how far it is. And there are things that I know they're coming in for ski hills, whatever it is that you're going to do, you're say 20 minutes from the, from the ski hill or ski and ski out, whatever. Right put that on the photo. What that does is it allows somebody to quickly scroll through and then look and say, okay, part of this experience is, is enjoying the area. Right. You're yeah. selling an experience, 
right? Yeah. Like we said before, you're not selling the property. So you can't stop at just the property. Your property can be part of the experience. Your property should be set up to deliver a great experience for a, a target audience. But a major part of that experience is the area, right. the local right. attractions, the proximity to things. And so we want to make sure that we're very diligent about showing that. And we have to show it where we know they go, which yeah. is photos. Yeah. And so start at the end of the photo. Sometimes you might have, if you're ski in, ski out. Right. If you're something that's very, you're, you're beach right friend. on the beach. I'm Literally, putting, that, I'm putting yeah. that in my postcard. You're 10 in my steps first away yes. or the beat, the sand comes up on yeah. your deck. You, you, you want to put exactly. that in there. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll actually move it up. Yeah. If it's a, if it's like, okay, this is awesome. This is part right. of why this prop, the proximity to this, it, this major attraction is part of what right. makes this great. Put that up higher. Yeah. 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 Good. Okay. I like that. Last question. Um, a little bit long, so bear with me here, but this uh, this was from Nick. Nick says, I want to own a short-term rental in another state, but can't stomach paying 30% to a property manager. Is it possible to self-manage when I don't live near my short-term rental? And how are people uh, justifying high property manager rates? So it's a good question, Nick, and a question that a lot of people have. So one, can you self-manage from another state? The answer is yes. You can self-manage from anywhere, right? You're going to have to have boots on the ground people that you're paying and that help you with maintenance, check-ins, check-outs, turnovers, all that stuff. So you, you have to have somebody that's there. And so can you do it? Yes, yeah. there's software, property management software tools that allow you to do a lot of things remotely. Should you do it or not stay? Stomaching the 30% is the biggest mistake that I think new investors make. Yeah. I've been doing this for a long time, but I've seen over and over and over again how many people come back to me and say, Sean, you were right. I should have never, I should have set my business model up with professional management from the very beginning yeah. because it's very, very difficult to scale if you have to manage your own properties. Yeah. There's economies of scale with management. So unless you're buying a whole bunch of properties in the same area and you want to build a management team around those properties and you can actually economically save money. I don't believe you save money by self-managing individual properties in individual markets. I've run the numbers way too many times. Yeah. I budget 30% of my gross revenue every single time I underwrite a deal. And I have a very high producing portfolio. The lowest I ever pay on any management fee on any of my properties in my portfolio right now is 28%. Why would I stomach that, right? It's like, that's a lot of money going out every yeah. year, but it allows me to scale and allows me to do what I do best, which is go find great deals, put the deal together, put a great unique experience together, and then let the management partner deliver it. Right. At the end of the day, when I back out the time it takes to management manage a property at a high level, now I'm not saying, I mean, there's all different levels of management. I'm talking about high level, top of the market type of management and delivering these great experiences. When I budget the time it takes on an average property, I'm usually probably paying that management company somewhere between 20 and $25 an hour. If you make less than $20 an hour, maybe consider managing because yeah. you're, it, it's worth your time. And, and most so, people don't want a second job. They don't want the hassle. No. And, and we teach a strictly a passive opportunity yeah. in real estate. And that's what you know, yeah. why a property manager yes. makes a lot of sense. And look, you can self-manage and still hire VAs mm -hmm. and hospitality managers and maintenance people and cleaners. And at the end of the day, you're managing a management team. You still have a management team. You're not self-managing in, in the sense of self-management, yeah. right? Yeah. And so really look and see where you're gonna save money, what you're not gonna do, and, and try to find better markets and deals that will underwrite it, yeah. right? I mean, right. I think the worst decision on self-management is to save the money. If right. you have 
have to if you have to self manage to make money, you're probably not making the right decision. Right. Not looking it's not at the it right correctly. property. If you have goals of building a management team and scaling at a large scale, different conversation and different strategies around that, which means you're probably buying properties in the same area, multiple properties in the mm -hmm. same area. There's arguments for that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I'm thinking about that for scale this year. I'm thinking about saying I might build a management team, but I'm still not managing. That's not right. self management. Right. Building right. a management team is not self management. You have a management team. You might not be hiring a property manager, but you're really most of the time not saving yourself a whole lot of extra money, especially if you have properties in multiple areas. So if you're talking about one property, Nick, I don't think it's the right decision. Yeah. I think that, I agree. I think that you should really highly consider a full service property manager that can help you set this up correctly to where you can scale. Some of my highest producing members in our mastermind, the, the people who are making close to the seven figures or above a year, which is a lot of money, they all come back to me and say, I, I can't scale beyond this if I'm self-managing. Yeah. And so, and, and they, they end up saying, I need to build my business model a little bit different the way you showed me in the very beginning, but it's really not even all the way at scale. They have a better argument, I think, of building a management team than the person who's buying one or two properties right. out of state. Yep, exactly. Good. Well, that's what we got today, buddy. Okay. All that's right. Good stuff. Let's wrap it up. Well, then, guys, we always appreciate you spending your time with us. I always ask you two favors at the end of every episode. If you listen to me long enough, you know what those two favors are. The first one is if you like it give us a review give us a thumbs up if you have more than 30 seconds actually write us a review and if you know somebody else who would like it share the show that helps us grow and spread the message and then the final thing and the most important thing is to go pick that one thing you can do today start building that life you don't want to take a vacation from cheers my friends cheers brother cheers